Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw from last night, especially the main event. We got Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, but uh, no, no, no. No finish because of retribution. We get into retribution. Also, speaking about finishes, we got to get into the finish between Mickey James and Asuka for that Raw Women's Championships. And what a finish by Dominic and Seth Rollins. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's break down what we saw on Monday Night Raw last night. And I think always the best way to start is how Raw ended Bully and, you know, you get a much anticipated match between Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. You know, you you find out, hey, if Keith Lee can win this match, he's going to be in a championship encounter at Clash of Champions. And we didn't get an ending to that main event. Kind of par for the course a lot of times in Monday Night Raw. You don't get a clear-cut finish in a main event on Raw. Go ahead. And what and what did I say yesterday about the show? I said, I hope we get clean finishes. And at least two of those matches did not have clean finishes. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, and, and one is bizarre, and we'll get into that, because we still don't know why we got what we what we got in one of those championship encounters from last night. But Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, the reason they didn't finish their matchup is because retribution. You saw it earlier in a match between Kevin Owens and Aleister Black where the lights start to flicker. When those lights start flickering, you know you're in trouble. Uh, (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) But we did get to see Retribution last night, especially in that main event. I would say at least 12 members of Retribution, I can't say showed their faces, because once again, in all these encounters that we've seen with Retribution, no one's ever thought of pulling one of the hoods off the members of Retribution. But it's odd to me, and I want to get your take, because let's put the match aside for just a second, because you heard from Retribution earlier in the night. Then you see retribution at the end of the night. It's odd that they get kind of like the superstar treatment on Monday Night Raw. They get, you know, they have the Titan Tron. You see the retribution. They have the name. Um, but yet they show themselves. So a lot that's a little bit unbalanced when you look at the end of that match from Monday Night Raw last night, Bully. I think we can uh, both agree. And I think a lot of the nation would agree. And if you don't, feel free to call in that. If you have this invading Antifa-esque group of troublemakers, the last thing you're going to do is give them the time of day, give them their own entrance wall, put their videos up, uh, not try to 
close every door so they can't get in, not have everybody on high alert in the arena. None of that is happening. So obviously, retribution is a part of a storyline and an angle. But you want to try to make something like that not look like a storyline or an angle. You want it to appear as real, organic as possible for as long as you can do that. And then obviously, it eventually has to blend into storyline along the way. You want all of the things that you do to make complete sense. And you really got to dot the I's and cross the T's if you want it to make sense, especially the little things, the things that would make the most sense. And just like you said, a fight breaks out between the hurt business and retribution. Now, Is the Hurt Business in bed with the retribution? I don't know. Maybe. You never know. Most people say, well, why are they fighting them? If they were fighting them, they wouldn't be a part of them. Yes, they would. If they want to throw you off the scent. That's fine. My my, my, uh, biggest problem is this. Retribution has been striking now for about two months. They're trying to get heat on them. They're trying to get so much heat on them that when that retribution was beating down Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, they pumped in some loud boos, real loud boos into the arena. So people at home would think that they're getting booed, which they should be. There's no way that retribution should have their heat taken away from them right now. You don't take heat away from a heel crew right now. Them getting into a fight with the Hurt Business is fine because they don't lose their heat in a giant fight. Retribution lost their heat in a much worse way last night. They lost it to two dives over the top rope. Now, I don't care how big Drew McIntyre is and I don't care how big Keith Lee is, but it's a spot. All of Retribution was down at the end of the show, as was the Hurt Locker, because two guys decided to dive over the top rope for what they should have never taken out retribution why do you want to see retribution down retribution should be up 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 until the absolute time you absolutely freaking need to take them down personally if that was me i would have had keith lee and drew mcintyre dive over the top rope and all of retribution would have scattered and they would have landed on the hurt business. And now the hurt business has heat with Keith Lee and drew McIntyre and all of retribution gets out of there. All now in the, in the situation they presented last night, retribution, some of retribution's heat was taken away and then not one person there, not Keith Lee, Not Drew McIntyre, not a guy in the back, not a referee, not a cameraman, not a nobody decided to run over and try to pull one of their masks off just to see who the hell we're dealing with. That's not logical to me. All you got to do is fill in that blank and that and, and that helps me with the story. Unfortunately, we don't get enough filling in of the blanks. That's my problem. Well, there's a lot to what you just said, Bully, and I'm going to go back to a conversation that we had 
a while back, over a year ago, and that is the encounter between Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. And I remember like, hey, when somebody takes a chair and busts you open the way that we saw between those two, when there's an encounter, there should never, ever be a wrestling move. It should just be fisticuffs because now it's personal. Now it's a fight. And I remember Cody using a wrestling move and you're like, I know it's a small thing, but in a fight, you're probably not going to do that. You're going to be swinging. Makes a lot of sense in that moment because it is just a fight and it's personal. When you see something like retribution and, hey, you're having you're having a match, especially for Keith Lee. Hey, if Keith Lee wins this match, he's going to be in a championship encounter at Clash of Champions. So now you're fighting one for your safety. Also, you're probably a little upset that they just managed to take away an opportunity for you to be in a championship match. And then when you have that opportunity, you're going to use a, a spot. You're going to run into the ropes and do and do a dive out over the top rope. Like that just doesn't make any logical sense. You're going to probably dive. But if you're going to dive, it's probably going to be between the ropes just to get to them because you just want to get your hands on them. You're not thinking. The only thing you're thinking is I want to beat the shit out of retribution. That should be your mindset. So I agree with you, Bully. Like, if it's going to make logical sense in that moment, they just want to get their hands on retribution. You mentioned about the hoods, and it's so true. I mean, this has been going on for a couple months. Nobody knows who they are. All these questions. Michael Cole's like, who are they? Why are they here? Not one time, especially with everybody flat on their backs. Nobody thinks to like, all right, let's find out who these assholes are. Because they've made our lives miserable now for two months. Who who are these people? Now's your opportunity. Grab a hood off of one of these people. Find out who the hell they are. Logical. Logical. At, at, at the very least, you could have had like Drew McIntyre do a dive uh, or Keith Lee do a dive. And and they and one of them gets up and they they pick up one of the retribution guys. They have their hands on the top of the hood. They're about to pull it off. And then another retribution guy comes out of nowhere, whack in the back of the head, puts him back down and gets and, and, and they get out of there. Bring me to the brink. Get me right to the edge and then take it away. We're not even making an attempt to unmask these guys. That, how does that make sense? Nobody it wants doesn't. to know who they are. It doesn't and, make sense. And, and to follow up on your point, if that's me and Dreamer in the ring uh, and Retribution comes, I'm not looking at Tommy and go, hey, you want to do two dives over the top rope? Uh, of course, he would look at me and go, fat ass, we can't do two <laughs> dives over the top rope. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Let's go grab a couple of weapons. But that's what you would do. You would go, there's, listen. If there's anything that we have learned in the WWE over the past couple of months, they obviously have an endorsement deal with kendo sticks of Nagasaki, Japan, because there's multiple kendo sticks around at all times. Why not roll out, grab some kendo sticks and go to town on everybody? No, let's do double dives because we're putting in our applications for 205 Live later in the year. Give me a freaking break. Yes, it might look cool to see two large men do double uh, topes or whatever the hell they're called over the top rope, but not in that circumstance. 
That's not the way you take baby faces, take guys out. You take them out with your fists or you grab some weapons. I don't have a problem with them grabbing weapons. Hell, Stone Cold Steve Austin came to the ring with a chair one night on Monday Night Raw and took out 15 guys on his own. Actually, one night he came out and took out 15 guys with just his finish. He punched, kicked, and stunned everybody. And I'm talking top of the fucking food chain guys. But Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre had to do double dives. And nobody tried to unmask anybody. I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting back. I'm allowing myself to be entertained. Yada, yada, yada. But if I'm sitting there as a fan and I'm going, oh, my God, who are these guys? Unmask them. Unmask them now. You have the chance. Do it. And it's not done. Not even an attempt. Not, not even an attempt. Because like you said, they could have done it. Like Keith Lee could have went and grabbed for somebody that gets hit from behind. There's a million different ways. And obviously they went off the air in that moment too. So, you know, and again, you said taking the heat because as they should, they got booed when they came out there. First of all, because fans are frustrated about, hey, we wanted to see an end to this match. We're not going to get it. But this is retribution. Man, they, they've been so annoying the last couple months. They should get booed. But how that show ended is there's Keith Lee and, and, and Drew McIntyre. You got four members of the Hurt Business and you got 12 members of Retribution. They were all fl- every member of Retribution at the end of that show were flat on their back. So how much of a, th- of a threat is Retribution when that show ends last night? There's 12 members and all 12 members, all of them are flat on their back to end that show last night. Doesn't feel like they're much of a threat to me because two guys knock 12 guys completely on their asses. Um, It's pro wrestling, suspension of disbelief, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes that's a, a good enough reason, excuse, or answer. For me, last night, it wasn't. I, I am really trying to watch this as I always say, as a fan and what makes sense. And it didn't make sense to me. Um, we got to see a little bit more of retribution last night. There's obviously a lot of people think it's Dijakovic and it's me, Yim, and um, it could be uh, even one person said it looks like the Miz. Okay, I- I'm still sticking to my guns with no matter who it is, it has to make sense, and they want retribution on the WWE for something. In the promo last night, they even mentioned Performance Center. I mean, they're really sending you down the road of these are disgruntled NXT guys and gals, maybe even one you know main roster uh, player. Don't know. But I just I just wanted it to make sense, Dave. I, 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 I really really did. And bully, we'll and I, get into who we might think is a part of it, where the storyline might be going. But really quick on your logic and connecting the dots. One thing that kind of bothered me is they have like the retribution Titan Tron. You see retribution on the Titan Tron. Now I mentioned that on social media and somebody's like, well, that's because they've taken over the truck. They took over the truck. So they created this retribution on the Titan Tron. All right. Just so you know, like if they took over the truck, 
Well, you, her business comes out, you hear their music. Like her, and, and they had no problem having a clear shot of there's her business. They're at the top of the, they're at the, top of the uh, entrance ramp, and here they come. And the other thing, well, you know, Retribution took over the, the, the uh, production truck. Well, it was very nice of them at the end of the show to show the little you know, WWE trademark in the corner as they signed off. Uh, very nice of Retribution to do that because, you know, you have, to, you have yeah. to show that little uh, thing at the, end of the, at the end of the show. So that was nice of Retribution to do that remember when hans gruber took over nakatomi plaza and then he hit john mcclain's music when he came in to make the save yeah, yeah exactly yeah. No, no you didn't because john mcclain <laughs> just came in and made the save and he didn't need his music yeah that's right hey I, I, john mcclain did do a good job of taking out all of nakamura's team uh yeah no it wasn't knock that was it was nakatomi plaza nakatomi plaza nakamura is one gruber. and a half of the tag team champions and hans gruber was the leader you're absolutely right and it is a christmas movie i, 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 I will i will tell <laughs> oh, you this ahead. hold on i will tell you this visually there was a moment in time that i really liked when the hurt business came out to the stage last night at the end of the show and they started slowly taking off their suits that john wayne moment they looked really cool. They looked impressive. They looked like those bad mother truckers that I've been wanting them to, to look like. Then the fight, you know, happened. And after the double dives, everything kind of, they, they lost it for me. But for that moment in time, the Hurt Business looked really, really cool. Hey, everyone. This is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Retribution spoke last week and they spoke again last night. And this is what they had to say, boy. They said, listen up to you and all the other so-called superstars. We are the product of empty promises, the results of empty lies, greed and betrayal. We once trusted, but now we walk with eyes wide open. We see what you are, waste, scrap, byproduct. When you show loyalty to an entity that casts people aside like garbage, you become garbage. When you sell your soul to a corrupt machine, you become corrupt. Like you, we once believed that our time at a performance center would lead us to fame and wealth. Unlike you, we prepare to show you exactly who we are while we gut your reality. We are retribution. So bully, this has to be a group of NXT performers, obviously, one of the, the members of Retribution from what we saw last night. Now, things can change. They're under hoods. One looks like Dominic Dijakovic, like you mentioned. Uh, Mia Yim. Uh, one, one looks like Mercedes Martinez. And then they mentioned the Performance Center, as you said earlier, Bully. So, knowing all this, and that it seems more likely that it is NXT performers... It, it, does the storyline make sense to you? Empty promises, WWE being corrupt. Is this a storyline that makes sense, is logical, and something that you're into? Um, I'm going to give them a chance to make it make sense. The way it sounds last night, these retribution people were at the Performance Center, and they think that they were dealt a bad hand. 
Wank, wank. Um, I don't know what bad hand they may have been dealt. Maybe the dead man's hand. Wank, wank. <laughs> um, I, 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 have to, I have to hear why they feel disgruntled, why they feel wrong, wronged. Are these performance center uh, um, wrestlers that were promised something and then those promises were never delivered on? Were they told, hey, you're going to make it to the main roster, you're going to make it to WrestleMania, and then they got pulled back? I have to hear the actual gripe. And when I hear the gripe, one of two things has to happen. I have to go, wow, they have a point. Or I have to go, they're full of crap. They had the same opportunities as everybody else. They just didn't make it happen. The last thing I want to do is go, oh, my God, that makes no sense whatsoever. If that's the reaction, they're dead in the water. And a lot of people feel they're dead in the water already. I don't believe you can say that about retribution because you do have to let it play out. You have to get to the end result. Kind of like, um, I don't know if this is a good example, but like the movie The Sixth Sense. When it gets to the end, all of a sudden it made sense. Yes. I'll, I'll bring up another wrestling angle. By the time the Aces and Eights got to the end, all of a sudden everything that didn't make sense made perfect sense. Retribution, when they get to the end, hopefully it makes sense. And, and that's what I'm, that's that's the hope that I hold on to for this story and this angle. All right, let's just say, and it seems like it's going to involve NXT because, you, you know, it looks like it's NXT wrestlers. They mentioned the Performance Center, you know, so it seems like it might be NXT. Maybe I'm wrong. It could be just maybe it's wrestlers that never got the opportunity even to be on NXT. But let's just say it's NXT. Then that's clearly shouting out that NXT is not on par with Raw and SmackDown. Then it's it screams out that there is a main, there's a main roster Raw and SmackDown and NXT is definitely steps below Raw and SmackDown if this is the way that they're going. Because honestly, let's just look at three of the people that it seemed to me were on my TV last night and also to a lot of people on social media. Dominic Dijakovic many times has been in the main event on NXT. Mercedes Martinez has been just recently, a week ago, in the main event against Rhea Ripley on NXT. Uh, Mia Yim is somebody that has been shown just as recently on TakeOver being in a relationship with Keith Lee, who we saw Retribution attack. So right there, it doesn't make logical sense to me because NXT is live on, on Wednesday nights on USA, and all the people that I just saw on my TV, it seemed to be, have been in main event matches on NXT. So again, that doesn't mean this is just speculation on my part because just because, let's just say it was Dominic Dijakovic, that doesn't mean that it that Dominic Dijakovic at the end of the day is going to be a part of retribution. But if this is the way that they're going, I can tell you right now, it's not going to make logical sense to me. And that's the, that's the payoff, Dave, the logical sense. And you want your viewership to be on board. You want your fans to be on board. I feel like they're losing people week after week. I can only go by what I read on social media and I try to filter out all the obvious negativity as opposed to the, 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 the tweets that, um, 
intellectually say, this is why I'm not into it anymore. And maybe some people who are on hold right now want to call in and talk about retribution and give us like a good reason why they're not into the angle anymore. I'm hanging on. Uh, I've seen enough things that really have bothered me. I told you the Molotov cocktail thing bothered me. Yes. Because it, it's it's it just it's too much real life. And there's a lot of things going on in real life right now where people are getting seriously hurt by things like Molotov cocktails. So I don't think I want to see it on my wrestling show. And they've gotten away from that too. Like the last Sure, few weeks, I'm just giving just, you I'm just yeah. giving you a little thing that, that I didn't like. And then, you know, storyline wise with, with them and how one of my biggest things, and this is like probably the most obvious, is nobody is have we seen anybody try to fight retribution other than the hurt business? Was was wasn't there one week where everybody was on high alert? Yeah, they, I mean, we, we've seen so many different things because at first it was on Raw and SmackDown. Now it seems to be off of SmackDown, just on Raw. But there's been times where we've seen like almost the whole, you know, back, you know, locker room come out. But that, that's been weeks. Now that doesn't really happen anymore. My point is, if you have been invaded and one week you have your entire cavalry to stand up to retribution, don't you think every week you'd be on high alert to have the cavalry stand up to retribution? You would think. Last night, four heels looked like four baby faces. Seem that way to me. They're the only ones. Now, they they volunteered, and we've seen that already, volunteering for security. I mean, that that makes no logical sense either because it's right. All right, you're going to volunteer for security. All right, so we're going to take the, you know, our security team's going to take the night off because you're taking the reins on security. No, you would think high alert. We're going to have every entrance covered. We're going to have that entrance ramp covered. We're going to have, you know, you're not in an arena full of people, so you don't have to worry about people coming out of the stands. You could have everything, you know, every entranceway covered, but somehow, some way, they find these little crack openings available for retribution to come out. Uh, I want to ask you a question about the match. What did you think about the match that we saw between Drew and Keith Lee? I thought it was I thought it was fine. I mean, I was getting into it because the match went on for I want to say bully more than 10 minutes. So it's not like it was just a couple of minutes. You know, I was getting emotionally invested in it, especially with the commentary about what the ramifications would be. I I, I kind of like that competitive nature between the two. And now they're getting under each other's skin. I thought it was a good match before we got at the end. Uh, for some reason last night, I didn't think Keith Lee was comfortable. From beginning to end, something was wrong. Something was off. And I even looked a little uncomfortable in the ring last night. And I don't know why. Uh, mm. I hope they're not in his head already. And that can very easily happen. And what I mean in his head is you have a bunch of different people telling you a bunch of different things. You don't know exactly which way to go, who to believe. And things start to go a little awry. Uh Beating Randy Orton, great idea. Putting the rocket on Keith Lee's back, great idea. I have, I just feel like there's something wrong as of last night and maybe even the week before. 
Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. So the only championship match that you were getting last night was for the Raw Women's Champion. And that is Asuka, your Raw Women's Champion, holding on to that Raw Women's Championship. And then you have Mickey James, Bully. Now, Mickey James, in my eyes, and you can't prove me wrong on this. You cannot prove me wrong on this. She, to me, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why? Because she's also a six-time women's champion six times she's done a lot for this division and i thought they did a wonderful job bully a wonderful job with the story going into the match because you had the interviews backstage and they're telling that this is it for mickey this is her last opportunity to go after a women's championship career is kind of winding down And now she's got this last opportunity, last gasp, last chance for women's championship gold. Somebody who's hold it six times. Great story. And then, Bully, as you said before, one hell of a match until we got to the end. Wonky end. Now you threw out, you know, there's the theory that everybody thinks, and I understand it, that Mickey James got hurt. Bully, you did a great job of breaking it down and finding out and also explaining Maybe she was, but I got to tell you, I don't think she was. Why? No X was thrown. No referees coming out to help. No medical people coming out to help. The surprise look on Mickey James' face when that match was over. So you could kind of cross out injury. Let's cross that out. Also, you talked about time. They're going long on time. They want to get to Zelina Vega and Oscar having that confrontation. Even though they've built this matchup to be a big one, where you would you should get at the end of that match, like Mickey James, you know, great effort, wasn't able to get it done. The 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 look of just a downtrodden Mickey James, a former, you know, former champion trying to grab that championship gold one last time and failing. What a great ending to that segment. You didn't get that. And if it's going long and you want to get to that confrontation, well, let's wrap up the match. Hey, hey, referee goes down to the ladies. Hey, ladies, you got five seconds. Wrap this shit up now. You got five seconds. You couldn't do, you couldn't do that because you got an illogical ending to that match. So, Bully, I'm going to cross out going long on time. So that brings you to your second theory, Bully. And that is what we now like to call on Busted Open Option Lana, because I think, Bully, you're right. I think we might have gotten option Lana last night for Mickey James. Like I said, I'm trying to take all of the possibilities, the obvious ones and the outside of the box ones, and apply some logic as to what happened. Mick Foley tweeted uh, last night, I'm hearing that Mickey James may have injured her shoulder in tonight's match on Raw, which would explain the ending to the quick match. I hope she gets better, blah, blah, blah. Mickey James liked that tweet. Interesting. Now, she could just be liking it for the sake of liking it. 
Mickey James also tweeted last night, not like this, a look of horror on her face and a little broken heart emoji. If Mickey James did injure her shoulder and could not continue, where was any medical attention after the match? The referee goes over, awards the championship to Asuka, but I don't see anybody come out. I don't see a doctor. I don't see a referee. I don't see anybody with ice. I do see the referee on the floor with Mickey in the background of Zelina and Asuka, but I don't see any medical staff attending to her. I see nothing. I didn't hear Mickey scream out in pain. I didn't even hear an ooh or an ah. I saw nothing in the in the movement that would make me believe that there was an injury. Well, now the w- and it, and oh, if there, if, go ahead, go. No, the WWE released a statement on on the ending of that match last night. So this is the official statement from the WWE. You ready? Official, official in the world yes. of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Yeah. I love it. Go ahead. Okay. Think about it. The company has issued a statement explaining why the match was abruptly stopped, deeming Asuka the winner. Realizing that this could be her last chance at a championship, Mickey James left it all in the ring against the Empress of Tomorrow. But although Mickey James was ready for Asuka, Asuka was also ready for her. The Royal Women's Champion locked on the Asuka lock. And despite James' best efforts to fight out, the referee ruled her unable to continue and awarded the match to Asuka. Is that what you saw with your own eyes? No. I didn't see that. I actually saw Mickey James get out of the Asuka lock during that match last night. I, I did not see what the WWE put out like what you just read I did not see and I went back and watched a bunch of stuff in break just so I could be a hundred percent positive Mickey was 100 percent invested and involved in that match why the wide-eyed look she wasn't it wasn't like she was glassed over and and if she if something happened to her shoulder why did she roll away on her shoulders how come she didn't grab her shoulder how come there was no registering of pain? And I don't mean registering in the pro wrestling sense. I mean, in rela- reality, you pop out your shoulder. Guess what? The first thing you do is you grab your shoulder. Yes. You bring your arm in. You try to isolate your arm as if it was in a sling and you hold it there. So your shoulder is not moving. None of that happened. I'm, but, but here's the other thing, Bully. I'm not seeing it anywhere. Now, this statement is, was right from WWE.com. If Mickey James had an injury, shoulder separation, concussion, they're going to mention that in on WWE.com. First of all, and we've seen it with every injury. Have you? Unless I'm not seeing something... And I'm I'm looking everywhere. Wouldn't one of these, you know, insiders, dirt sheet writers have anything about an injury? Wouldn't Mickey James tweet about the fact that she had an injury last? You think Mickey James want to wants to end this the way that it ended last night? And to that point, her tweet says, "Not like this." Broken heart emoji, and there's a picture of her wide-eyed looking at the referee like what the hell just happened same look that bret hart had on his face in montreal in 1997 i'm not saying this was a screw job i'm just saying that the look on the face looks um uh uh like something i've seen before 
No, and, and, and Bully, you know, I know it's a family show, but that's a, a what the fuck is, what the fuck is that? That's what that is. Thunderdome screw job, brother. It's a Thunderdome screw job, brother. And I, I, and I will say this, and we've talked about this before. We talked about this when you have Mickey James make her return to Monday Night Raw for the first time in a long time. And, and forget about the loss, but she doesn't even get an entrance. This is a six-time women's champion. You talk about some of the great matches that Mickey James has had. You talk about victories at WrestleMania for Mickey James. You talk about somebody who I believe is a first ballot Hall of Famer when she finally decides to retire. This is the way you treat Mickey James? If you go with the outside of the box thinking, has anybody been on this show? Related to Mickey James, who has spoke disparagingly about the WWE, in particularly the head of creative. Yes, there has. Who was it? Her husband, Nick Aldis. So maybe, like I said, Dave, neither one of us are saying that that's it. But that is a possible outside of the box option. What I think happened last night they were running long on time. That's the one. That's the most logical explanation. They were running long on time. They wanted Zelina to get in her verbiage. They wanted to get the smack in. They wanted to get Oscar holding up at the championship. They might have been heavy going into the match anyway. Whatever. So they just ended the match. That there's no way she was hurt. And if she is hurt, I hope she gets better. But I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe that she was hurt. Okay. And I also don't want to think that the WWE is going to be that vindictive. Although I saw what happened to Lana last night. It's, it's petty. It's petty. And, and listen again, I, we, Zelina Vega is a friend of the show. We love Zelina Vega, nothing against her, but she has not won a match. Let me ask you a question. What's Let more important than that? Okay, go ahead. Ask the question. If you, it, let's just say the WWE decided to take out their frustrations on Nick Aldis and Rusev via their significant others, their wives, right? Mm-hmm. Who, got, who got the worst end of the deal? To, to me, it's Mickey James. Absolutely. Without, without a doubt, it's Mickey Absolutely. James. Because getting beaten put through tables, no big deal. It happened. I mean, it happens with Lana. Lana's not a let's let's face it. Lana's not a main event wrestler. Lana, you know, I, I think she's actually getting help by being in a tag team with Natalia, and you're building a little bit of a story there. But you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Even if Miro never made those comments that he did on AEW Dynamite, that Lana would be losing quickly and put through the table. Am I right, boy? I mean, you could see that happening with Lana. There's no doubt about it. Now the timing's a little weird and a little wonky based on what we saw this past Wednesday. But man, oh man, you let me ask you this seriously: in the world of the WWE, you know, let's see, uh, you know, a, a championship wrestler who is a first ballot Hall of Famer and has won six world championships and is a legend. Are they getting treated the way that Mickey James got treated last night? No. How about another? How about another? Uh, another option here, which I really didn't think about because I don't know how this could have happened. What if the referee just made a mistake? 
I don't know what he would have seen or what mistake he could have made. What I do know about that referee is that he's constantly on eggshells, not wanting to make any mistakes over there. I can tell. Do you think he just made a bad call? Do you think maybe he thought there was something wrong with Mickey? Do you think maybe he thought Mickey dislocated her shoulder? Do you think the ref maybe thought she had a concussion or maybe thought she was out of it? Is that possible? Is is it, you know, with the constant communication that goes on between wrestler and official? I mean, is, is that a possibility, Bully? Dave, anything is possible. I just know that with I saw with my own eyes, nobody was injured or hurt. And I'm trying to think about logically why they would do that finish. The first thing that comes to mind is they needed to get to the they needed to get to the end of the match. The referee saying Mickey James could not continue. I, I don't know what that means. Why couldn't she continue? They never said referee's discretion or uh, I, I don't know. All I know is that, like we said, it, it was wonky. Um, I think fans deserved much better than they, what they saw. And if the referee made a mistake, I would much rather them just come out and say, this was a, a bad call, just like an NFL official could make a bad call. We reviewed it and we're going to give her another match. And then have Oscar beat her clean. You know, you know, you know what, bully? That again, that's logical. The referee made a mistake. I never tapped. You know, Mickey James could be arguing with the referee. Michael Cole can question what's going on. Like he did. I mean, Michael Cole did question. Like what's going on here? I didn't see Mickey James tap. Did you see Mickey James? She didn't tap. And then you could have like a little backstage something. And then you build a rematch. Next week, rematch between Mickey James and Asuka for the Royal Women's Championship. And on top of that, Bully, I'll say this. Let's just say Mickey James did tap last night. Why, why are you sending Zelina Vega out there immediately after that match? You just build up a story about a six-time women's champion, first ballot Hall of Famer, her last chance at championship gold. She's never going to get another opportunity. You don't let that breathe after that match? Mickey James is not a priority. Why would they let it breathe? Because people do care. But they don't. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Somebody that we continue to praise up and down and we should continue to praise because another great outing last night, Bully, and that's Dominic Mysterio. A cage match with Seth Rollins. I wasn't a big fan of the story with Seth. I wasn't a big fan of the character, the Monday Night Messiah. The, the MVP of this story has been Dominic. And not only has Dominic done a good job inside the ring but he's also got you excited and has rejuvenated the monday night messiah in seth rollins i really enjoyed the match and again another stellar performance from dominic add dominic mysterio to the list of names that i feel bad for because of this whole uh covid epidemic and not having fans in the arena those people would be so behind dominic right now 
The storyline dictates it, and his, but more importantly, his performances dictate it. Dominic's going to get better each and every week. Great job again last night uh, on Dominic's part. Great job by Seth Rollins. Uh, me and you were talking before the show. I think Seth should be thanking Dominic because Dominic restored this whole Monday Night Messiah you know, character to prominence because uh, to me, Rollins didn't have somebody to bear down on, breathe down on, to bully, basically. And now, with Dominic there, it's the perfect foil. And they're all doing a great job. What I really loved last night was the little seed that they planted after the match. And it was very quick, and it was very subtle, and it'll be interesting to see if they go anywhere with this. When Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio were in the ring... And Buddy Murphy was selling on the floor because he had just gotten beat up by Seth Rollins. Mysterio's wife walks in the ring, and then his daughter walks in the ring. The daughter takes about a second or two to kneel down. She puts her hand on Buddy's shoulder to check on him. If it was quick, if you blink, you missed it, but she did it. Rey Mysterio's daughter showed a brief moment of kindness towards a guy responsible for beating the shit out of her brother. Interesting. She's showing, she's showing what is it? Is it sympathy or empathy? I always get the two confused. No, but definitely I, I showing show, some. I show neither, so I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but I think it, it is something that's subtle, and I think it is a planting of the seed because – Storyline ramifications are huge in just that little brief, brief moment of sympathy for Buddy Murphy, because you're absolutely right. Buddy Murphy has been not just a thorn in the side of Rey Mysterio and, and Dominic, but a big reason why you see a patch on Rey Mysterio's eye is because of Buddy Murphy. He's done a lot more than just be a pain in the ass to that family. There's definitely a lot of serious implications because of Buddy Murphy. And then you see that little bit of sympathy. Rey Mysterio's daughter, like you said, bending down and just putting her hand on Buddy Murphy to see if he was okay. Because Buddy Murphy clearly is going to be separating from Seth Rollins. And is he going to be accepted? Is he not going to be accepted? Is is Rey Mysterio's daughter going to get in between Rey and Buddy Murphy? Is it just a ploy? I mean, there's so many different ways that that could go. Kudos to the WWE for giving you something so subtle. Are we going to see the good girl fall for one of the bad guys? It's relatable. It's yep. worked before. And I think it can work with those two because if you, if they very subtly week after week after week show that Ray's daughter has sympathy for buddy and maybe even deserves to, um, uh, uh, she starts to develop feelings for him. Who knows? Maybe, in a, maybe in buddy Murphy's world, he doesn't have one friend. Maybe in Buddy Murphy's world, he has nobody he can rely on and confide in because Seth Rollins has cast him to the side. And because he decided to join Seth's side, nobody wants any part of him. But Ray's daughter is that only person who will listen. Wow. So uh, a daughter of a legend 
showing a little sympathy to somebody that in that moment definitely needed it because, you know, backs were turned on him. Reminds me of something very, very similar almost a decade ago in another company, but I digress. Maybe they can have a bachelor party at at, at uh, Rick's Cabaret. Rick, one of the greatest bachelor parties I've ever been to. <laughs> a good, good buffet. They had a good buffet at, at, at yes, Rick's they, Cabaret. Yes, they did. A lot to, yes, lot to choose they, from. Lot to choose from. A lot to choose from. I'll have Rick's. a little bit of this, a little <laughs> bit of that. I'll give a side of this. I'll take this for the main course, and that's dessert right over there. I do, you do need, I do gotta, there's one thing that being a part of that bachelor party that you did wrong, if I might bring it up at this moment, because I've never brought it up to you before. Wow, I paid your tab? No, but thank you. (laughs) That was definitely not one of my gripes. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's excellent at what he does. But what were you thinking, hiring, you know, having a photographer, come to your bachelor party. You never have picked somebody take pictures at your bachelor party. Why not? I actually, <laughs> this is completely true. You told him, don't take any pictures of me. I, go, I, said, <laughs> I said to George, I said to George Napolitano, who's at your bachelor party and he's snapping pictures and he goes to me, he goes, Dave, go over there. I'll take your picture. I'm like, I'm like, George, what are you doing? You don't take pictures at some, what's the matter? You're breaking every code and rule by taking pictures at a bachelor party. I popped so huge. I, we're, we're, I'll tell, tell the story real, real quick. The show is not about me. It's about everything else. Uh, Perez Hilton, that gossip column guy wrote Mm -hmm. an article the day after the bachelor party saying bully Ray is a scumbag for throwing a bachelor party for the world to see. And his poor future wife has to be home and deal with all this and see this. He trashed me and I was loving it. Hook line and sinker. I, you were, and, and what we're talking about is the, uh, the brief encounter that definitely went awry between Bully Ray and Brooke Hogan, you know, daughter of a legend, maybe, maybe not one though, definitely used to get to something else. He was, you said you, you had some choice words to say to Hulk Hogan and Brooke Hogan in the cage in San Antonio, my friend. Absolutely. Terrible things came out of your mouth. You take the knife, you stick it in, you turn it, you pull it out, and then you pour salt all over the wound. That's his daughter you were talking about. But anyway, I digress. Um, You know, great bachelor party between the two. But if you remember earlier in that day, you were an in-studio guest on Busted Open. And Brooke Hogan called in, not on the guest line. Brooke Hogan called in as one of the callers of that show because she was listening in her car and the man of her dreams, the love of her life, Bully Ray, was on Busted Open and she was like, Bully. She didn't actually say Bully. She might have even have said Mark. She said, don't you get in trouble tonight. You be a good boy tonight at your bachelor party. I don't want to hear bad things happening tonight. And you're like, honey, I love you. I'm never going to do anything. And I have to say, you were pretty good at that bachelor party. Pretty. 
Good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Didn't end pretty, well. That relationship pretty, pretty, did not pretty. end well. I upgraded. You, you, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Three. All right, let's oh, go. Oh, that's right. I saw that tweet, you bastard. What? What are you you're talking staring, about? Because you're, you're staring at Velvet's pictures again. Her legs. Just her legs. Legs for days. <laughs> That was the tweet she put out. Legs for days, and you put out one. That was a very long one, two, three. It was a very, it was a, a large gap between two and three. What'd you say about her? <laughs> what? What did you just say? What did you just say? I said, in counting to one, two, and three, I said there was a large gap between oh, two and oh, three. Okay, okay, okay. Easy, okay. my friend. No, easy. you easy, my friend. E- easy. I'm easy. talking about. I'm talking about a delayed three to two. I don't know what okay. you're talking about. I thought you're talking about the Delaware water gap. You you know me better than that, my. Fr- you know you're a filth monger, and you know it. A purveyor of filth. I like a little dirt. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Are you ready? To, are you ready to get to the busted open nation? All right, Gabby. See, Gabby, you, do you see what Gabby just did to me? Yeah, yes. Explain, Why? please. Gabby, explain yourself. I thought you were going too long with that one. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares if you want a girl with a little bit of dirt. Just, we you know, you know, you'll take what you could get, Dave. Well, what do you mean? I'll take what I can get. Have you seen the lovely Violetta, my wife, the woman of yeah. my dreams, the no glue dirt. that holds no my dirt, house together? No dirt. She's a flower no dirt. in the dirt. Nope. She is. But you had to go. You had to swim through the dirt to get to her. So you should be very happy. Filthy waters, mucky waters. Queen, the glue that holds my household together. Can I continue with the show, Gabby? Can I continue? That's why I was doing that to continue with the show. Bully. Now you stopped. (laughs) No, you're leaving it there. Nah, I got nothing. I thought what we were talking about was funny. Bully's bachelor party. That part was funny. Brooke Hogan. Funny. Upgraded. Daughter to a legend. Some might even say the greatest of all time. I wouldn't, but some would. I liked your filth problems. 877-344. But it's important that we get to, you know, um, you know, if you can filth, you can call. Toronto. <laughs> Let's get back to the very, very busy phones. Let's go out to Bama Dave. Bama Dave, what's your retribution theory, my friend? Okay, well, first off, Dave, speaking of your lovely wife, Violetta, is she an animal lover of particularly bears? She she wants to leave food for the bears. I have to stop her from, you know, putting out food for the bears. I'm like, are you insane? Are you crazy? Do you know the ramifications of putting out food for the bear? What that would cause? What havoc that would cause? But yes, she is an animal lover, even bears. She, okay, I'll, I'll take it really quick, Bully. I want to get your take on this before we get to Bama Dave's retribution theory. She won't even kill an it. She won't even kill an ant. 
Because you would Velvet, not even Velvet, kill Velvet. Anne. Velvet is the same way. Anything. The only things that die in this house are spiders. And normally that's done with a flamethrower. Otherwise, everything survives. Everything. Ants, moths. If there's a little uh, whatever. Everything, everything survives. Everything gets taken yeah. outside. I really don't Even, kill a lot of stuff, too. No, wasps. I like. I hate wasps. I, uh, wasps, I hear you. Wasps so, serve no purpose on this earth. I've waged war on the wasp kingdom. My wife won't even, do, if there's a spider, she takes the spider, she does the little Dixie cup thing and then goes outside and puts the spider outside. Like she will not hurt a fly, literally. But go on, Bama Dave. Oh, my wife's the exact opposite. She wants me to kill everything that moves that's not supposed to. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, based on what I saw last night and based on what you just said, I think we need to start two new hashtags as the Busted Open Nation. Number one, hashtag Mickey deserves better. And I would also say hashtag Yogi wants pierogies. <laughs> Yogi wants pierogies. He might. He might once in a while. You know, everybody wants a pierogi once in a while when you're in the mood. I'm always in the mood for a pierogi. It's very, very rare that I would turn. I don't think I've ever turned down one of Violetta's pierogies. Not once. I'm always me, in the mood for a pierogi. Me neither. Mm-hmm. How could you? Oh, you're tasty. <laughs> oh, the best. Yep, that, nothing better. Some good eating. Good eating. Eats and treats. Eats and treats. What's your retribution theory, Bama little, Dave? A little sour cream on the side. Nice. Uh, I definitely I definitely think you guys are hitting the nail on the head. I would have even ended the show last night where when the Hurt Business is making their way down to the ramp and retribution Hello? coming up the ramp to meet them. Hello? I would... I would have gone off the air right there. Uh, see, Bama Dave knows. He went, he wrote it out. Bama Dave, good way to Rambo through that. You're right. Uh, and Bama Dave, I agree. It would have been better if they, that's how they signed off last night. It was where the Hurt Business is coming down the aisle. And then, you know what? Oh, shit. What what happened? What what what, what happened with her? I got to find I got to tune in next week to find out. I love scenarios like that. But I, we don't get that very often, if 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 ever. My, my problem with, um, and this is, I'm not pointing a finger in WWE and say they're doing anything wrong. They, they're obviously doing something right. They're still around and in business. I don't like that they open up the book at 8 o'clock and then close it at 11. Like, to me, at 11, I would love it to be continued. Now, I know it's going to be continued next week, but it's with a fresh episode. It's with a fresh everything now with the world of social media finish the angle on social media if if you go off the air with the hurt business coming to the ring and and retribution about to meet them and you go off the air because there's no tv time left oh my god what happened ladies and gentlemen go to go, go to wwe twitter right now if there's any footage we'll put it up live there and do that and stream it live we're streaming to dot, dot com whatever yeah do something to keep people guessing that's just my that, that's just my theory. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 